Welcome to Switcheroo, a dirty little podcast about religion, sex, and all the in-between parts. With your hosts, Maggie Baxter, an atheist turned evangelical, and Nick Vu, an evangelical turned atheist. Hi, I'm talking from this distance to <laughs> that person <laughs> there. I'm talking from this distance to that person there. Great. I was sitting in the backyard sipping on a minty drink. I saw a girl standing there. She was mowing the lawn. I said, Hey, Zazik, who's this girl back here? That's the lawnmower girl. What's she doing? Is she talking on the telephone? Tell me how you are. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. Feeling pretty decent. And yesterday I like wasn't tired. Usually I'm falling asleep all day, every day. <laughs> but yesterday I wasn't and I don't know why. <laughs> I do know two people who are narcoleptic who literally do fall asleep. Oh, I'm not. All day I'm not day. that. You just are sleepy. I'm just sleepy. It's yeah. like, would you like to lay down? Yeah. The answer 100% of the time is Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I feel the same way. And if someone were to say, would you also like to watch your favorite television programs while you are laying down? I would say that's heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I'm hanging out with friends and they're like, what do you want to do? And I'm just like, can we just like watch a movie and sit around? <laughs> they're like, yeah. So there's certain friends who are all about that life. Yeah. And they're the ones that want to go out and have a unique experience out in the world. When my husband Which dies, can like, we move sometimes. back in together and just <laughs> lay are down and watch movies? Are you planning his death movies? right now? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I was thinking... I have, I have an idea too. I have an idea. Okay, I want to hear good. your idea and then you have. Okay. I feel like we've idea. always done my idea. So we should continue always doing my idea because <laughs> okay. they're so good. <laughs> my idea is we talk about diarrhea. So. Yeah. <laughs> you have to slip that word in every time, don't you? God, what was your damn idea? It. <laughs> okay. What's your idea? Depression and sexuality or mm. neurodivergence and sexuality and how yeah. different seasons of your life where you are dealing with different psychological issues might mm -hmm. impact your sexuality. So you're not horny 100% of the time? I'm not. Is that a surprise? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> no. It's Actually. more a joke implying <laughs> that I'm horny all the all time. 100% of the time. <laughs> Pretty much. What do you think? Let's do it. A or B? <laughs> Let's go with yours. And part of me is a little like, I don't, are we going to be able to last a whole hour talking about that? I think so. Okay, cool. And I am hoping that there are strategies, right? That we can talk through with people. Like watch porn all the time. Yeah. Like just watch a lot more porn. Yeah. But good and, porn. And rub it out. Only Nick's. Yeah. Just porn of me. <laughs> Only <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to start making... Are you, are you depressed and can't have sex? Yeah, I'm going to make a postpartum uh, porno channel okay. on Pornhub. Uh, hey, Maggie. Hey. Hey, Nick. What hey, up? hey, Jarek. We're going to do the same gag no. as our last... No, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to do the same... We don't have to say hello to him. 
He doesn't have to have recognition. Oh, that's the tech sound. Yeah, we don't, we don't pay him tech. anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, Get could, lost, dude. Should we make it sound like we have a whole team behind us? Yes. And sponsorship from Ford yeah, Motor Company. Yeah, but you are kind of giving it away right now. We're a huge deal. Secrets out. Secrets we're out. we're yeah. big time. We're big time. Claude the makeup guy <laughs> really fucked up my powder today. Would you say it was kind of... Because we're also shooting this for network television. Oh, that's right. Kind of like Howard Stern. Yes. We're like the new Howard Stern. Oh, we're better than Howard Stern, though? Are we? Well, he said so. He so, did. In his in his And I show. quote, Switcheroo is way better <laughs> than the Howard Stern show ever was. Or ever Unquote. will be. Again. Oh, wait. Let's open the quote up again. <laughs> or ever will be. Again. Again. In, in the future. Right. End quote. End quote. Does that mean we have to bring on like all the Baywatch stars yes. and get them to ride symbians? Is that what you call those weird vibrator oh, things? That whole... Mm-mm. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. Okay. I mean, unless they really, really want that. Like, if we hear from them- They have to bring them, their own symbiote. Yeah, they have to bring their own. <laughs> and we have to hear from them that that's something that they want to do. They have lives. to bring it up. Yeah. We're not. Oh, I'm getting suggesting. a phone call right now. It's Pamela Anderson. She says she wants to do it. Hello, this is Pamela Anderson speaking. I want to come on to Switcheroo Podcast because I love it so much more hey. than Howard Stern Show. Hey, Pam. Sorry about that show yeah. that was made about you and Tommy Lee and that thing that happened to you. That was ages ago. Uh, I don't even remember. Now you're moving on to the show Switcheroo. Do you want to write a symbian? Uh, you're asking me if I want well, to? Well, uh, you reached out. So <laughs> I'm asking, do you want to? Uh... That is filthy and dirty. No. <laughs> okay. Hey, Pam. Yeah. Happy, happy holidays. Bye. Yeah. Have a good day, Pamela. You know, Pamela Anderson was probably in my adolescence, like me going through puberty, like the f one of the first women I was like, oh, shit. Because of the hotness. boobs? I, mean, I think it had a lot to do with the, the boobs. boobs. And yeah. it was on Baywatch, too. Yeah. Pretty much everyone on Baywatch. The bouncy I was boobs. Just like, oh, the man. slow motion bouncing around yeah. boobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say the first woman who was not gross was April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles. Who the cartoon? Or the yeah. live act no I mean, live action didn't come in until later. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. came out a little bit later. Fair. But, I can't think of I mean uh, Brooke Shields, was... there's also from the Blue Lagoon, there's like a picture of her somewhere in like kind of pixelated form on like the original Macintosh or whatever that we yes. had. And I was like, yes. who is that? Like they're very pretty. Yeah. As like a five year old and I'd never like thought somebody was pretty before. Oh, five. I started having crushes when I was around five or six, I think. Oh wow, full on, on like, crushes. Yeah, like kids that I went mm -hmm. to school with. Yeah, I was pretty human crazy. Mm -hmm. Normally we would say boy crazy, but I was pretty human crazy at an early age. Who was your first person you looked at in a sexual light? Who was like, oh. Like, like a real person or like a, uh, or a I think it celebrity? Could be... Sorry, celebrities are real people. Yeah, anything. Ooh, or both. Jennifer Connelly. Mm -hmm. from... So you noticed women before you noticed men? Uh, I don't know if before i think at the same time mm -hmm. but i think as far as like physical attraction yeah that was the first celebrity that i can remember being like ooh 
And I th- we talked about this on a past episode, and I had a hard time explaining it. I don't know if I can anymore. But I didn't know how to place that in my brain, how to place that attraction. So I just told myself that I wanted to look like her. Mm. Like, I want to look like her because I want to cause people to feel the way that I feel when I look at her, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So there was some sort of transference because I didn't know what to do with the feeling that I felt. Mm-hmm. But the first boy was a boy that I was in love with all through middle school and we rode the bus together is he the one whose girlfriend you put itching powder on no different different guy. but they were friends yeah <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> yikes it didn't work and i was just trying to be cool you were cool you just didn't know it yet i wasn't really i was pretty uncool coolness is in the mind i know and i had zero coolness in my mind mm. so i was not cool at all mm-hmm I was just flailing. Yep. Yeah. That sounds about right. Like Me too. Flailing through the universe, trying to grab hold of something or someone. Are you still flailing? Hmm. Nope. Cool. I'd say I'm still flailing, but in different ways. I feel a lot more grounded. Yeah. I'd say I'm grounded, but I'm still like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, yes. what is this world? I can, and yes. what am I doing? I mean, it's not an existential crisis anymore, but it's more a curiosity. Yeah. Just like, this is weird stuff yeah. that we're just flying through life. I know that this is a little off topic. I don't know what topic we're really on anyway, but I had a conversation yesterday about how I have regularly, I have these surreal thoughts of, and we talked about this with driving to the other day, but mm-hmm. I think when I go to work, I think to myself, how many other people all around the planet are going to work right now? And it's just a totally different context and like a different language and a different commerce or whatever. And I wonder how many people are thinking right now about the other people. (laughs) Mm. Like how many people are thinking about thinking about other people? Yeah, right. We're all connected. Do you ever think about a thousand years ago, 5,000 years ago, there were people living lives just as lucid and compelling as yes. ours That's and so going through their own drama is probably different types of drama. Yeah. Like where is the food coming from? Mm-hmm. But compelling is a great word. Equally compelling. Same shit. They're getting through their existence however they know how. And this has happened billions of times. Yeah. These instances of consciousness. and More and more billions. Every day. More and more billions. That's right. <laughs> well, then. Welcome. Chew on that. Welcome. Welcome to Switcheroo. Welcome to Switcheroo. Where we go so deep. More and more billions. The most billions. <laughs> A billion billions. A billion listeners <laughs> and counting. And you're one of them living your compelling, lucid life. <laughs> thinking about how weird this is so weird we're all just flying tum- through life tumbling through tumbling. the universe yeah flailing in your own way good let's get into it let's get into it you had a, something you want to talk about yeah i got a topic bring it on i'm I, ready i just want to point here. out that we had two topics up for grabs and we chose mine instead of nick's we'll do mine another time mm, and it's gonna mm, be so good maybe so maybe good. we'll throw in in the dumpster <laughs> No, it's a good one. (laughs) I like how you're just like trying to encourage me. No, it was good. You're just saying that as (laughs) you're rolling your eyes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nobody can see it because it's radio. You do a lot of expressions. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to. But no, but they're they're actually really good and really funny. <laughs> and it'll be my job to just explain. Okay, what my physical you're doing, comedy. Your physical comedy. Did you get a tattoo on your chest that Hell I didn't yeah. know about? You want to see my chest tattoo? I have not ever seen this. I don't. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. No. What are you oh, looking it's, at? It's a shirt. I looked. <laughs> It's just, it's just a like shirt. a gray. It's just a gray normal shirt. shirt. It looked for a second like it was kind of faded binary numbers, like you zero one zero one zero one zero one. I'm not. It looked like wow. it for a second. I'm gonna take a picture and I'm gonna post it on our. Hold on. Every time we've said Everyone. we're posting it, we haven't. I'm going to this time. This time. Okay. okay so here's here's yeah. my topic. Go ahead. Depression slash other forms of mental health mm-hmm. afflictions. Sure. And Maggie just made a, a face as like <laughs> afflictions. Like, is, is that the word? I don't know. Yeah. She said a whole lot in that facial expression. But also it was kind of like something stinks in here face. Yeah. But you made it work. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, it's appropriate. Okay. So or other mental health struggles, issues and sexuality. So specifically depression and sexuality how we manage it, how we handle it, how we navigate it, and how it can impact our world and those around us. Great. Cool. You start. (laughs) So so my my hesitancy with the topic is just, I'm always horny. (laughs) Always, always, always. And every once in a while, there might be a few days where I'm not really feeling it. But even that said, if somebody who I genuinely would want to have sex with was like, let's have sex, yeah. I probably would have been like, yeah, yeah I, can, I can make yeah, that happen. Yeah, I will absolutely make that happen happily. Yeah. Even though you okay. know, it's not I want what to, I'm chasing right now. I want to pull apart. I'm going to stop using the word unpack because I use the word unpack too often and it's really cliche. I want to pull apart right. the idea of being horny. Okay. Because I think that that... Are we defining horny? Yeah, we we using the defining terms. <laughs> defining terms. Defining terms. Here we are. Defining terms. <laughs> Boop. I, have to, I always have to add that at the end. Boop. <laughs> That's how you know the song's over. Okay, let's define horny because... I, he, oh, you really want to? Well, yeah. Like, Are we not on the same... Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm re- I, I feel like... It is so different for so many people. That's it's probably true. Certainly doesn't mean that you're walking around with an erection all the time. Correct. Right? Correct. But you can have an erection when you're horny. Sure. Is that a different thing? Or are uh, there different stages of horniness? I don't know, but I can't get an erection, so... Uh, women have more erectile tissue than men, so you are you can get something... I can't... My penis doesn't stand up because right. I don't have one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you can engorge in your own way. Sure. And I know what that feels like. I can say that I I know that I'm not as much of a visual person when it comes Mm -hmm. to getting horny or being horny. Like, it's not because of visual stimuli. Most of the time, it's mostly because of intellectual stimuli. Somebody says something really smart. Yeah. And you're just like, some some Yeah. And then I just cream everywhere. Is that like the fifth stage of horniness? <laughs> Creaming? I do want to say that only very, very recently I've embraced the word horny. I always thought of it as kind of dirty and perverted yeah. or base. I would always say turned on. Okay. Or I don't aroused. Know. I c- or aroused, yeah. The problem with aroused is that it is used in a lot of other contexts. And then it makes it seem weird in those other contexts yeah. because... Horny is strictly sexual. sexual. Yeah. But okay. I could be horny for a hamburger. Okay. But not... I mean, that's metaphorical, I guess. But would you be? 
could you? No, I mean, it's just get... saying that, like, ooh, I want that so bad, and not necessarily in a Okay, way. so is horniness a state of mind, or is it a physical state of being? I'm thinking out loud Okay. when I use that word. It's something like... Yeah, I think there's a couple of stages. One can be, I'm a little flush. I'll see an attractive person and just be like, ooh. And not even necessarily like, I want to fuck them. Right. But just like, you, you you rev my motor. Yeah. And I can leave it at that. And that's great. And then I think there's also like a Would that be like energy. stage one of horny? No, no, no. Okay. I think that might be a more advanced state okay. of horny. Okay. First stage of horniness <laughs> is just being primed that I might not be actively thinking about sex, but if I was presented something, some stimulus, activated. I could be activated pretty easily. Okay. If my partner would be like, let's go bang, uh, it wouldn't take convincing. Okay. But it also like I wasn't thinking about it right. or hoping for it actively. And so those little stretches where you notice that you're not are more rare because those are times where it might take some convincing. Yeah, or some thinking it through or like, okay, is this the path I want to go down Do right you now? consider kind of your baseline as like could be activated Yeah, baseline. Okay. baseline is stage one horny. Okay, stage one horny. And then below stage one is... How do the stages go down? Different. Well, I'm saying if there are periods of time... If you go one or two days or something where mm -hmm. you don't feel like you could be activated. So you haven't even stepped in the horny arena yet. Yes. I'm and asking I, you personally. If your baseline is stage one horny, then you know that something is different when you aren't even at stage one. Right. Exactly. Okay. It's a weird feeling to not be at least subtly wanting sex. And so when it happens, I notice it. Interesting. And I'm like, what is what is this? What's going on? Is something wrong? Got it. And sometimes I can shift the mental state to be like, oh, maybe this is what it's like to just be satisfied. Hmm. And maybe it could be like an abundance mentality where it doesn't really matter and I will get my needs met when those needs arise. Right. I think it's often also associated with sort of an antisocialness okay. or which could be depression. Do uh, you, there's a few things. Do you feel like when you're at stage two and above horniness that mm -hmm. you your brain shifts into a scarcity mindset? Like, I've got to have it. Historically, I have a lot of scarcity mindset around sex. And I think I've come a long way in the last few years and even more so in the last year cool. or six months. But I mean, there's still times it's like, ooh, that would be really nice. Yeah. But not uh, like... But I'm not chasing... I'm going to... I'm not chasing go, it. Like yeah. I, I have to go to a to club constantly. and like really work hard to try and get something because I mm -hmm. need it. Yeah. Right. Do you remember when I used to go to the club alone because my <laughs> friends didn't? Uh, and this is like I hadn't had sex in a year and a half and was just fumbling. I didn't know how to talk to people I was interested in, how to express attraction. And just like, I just got to get out there yeah, somehow. Dance. And so, and I dance a lot. And so I was like, that might be a place. I never actually picked 
anyone up. Because I also... But at least that's a physical distraction. At least dancing is a physical distraction from that. Sort of, but it's also being hyper-focused on, there's that person over there who's super hot. Okay, what do I do? Do I side up next to them? Do I... And also noticing pretty predatory men Mm. and being like, ah, that's so gross. And I don't want to do it that way. And so not really... I knew what I didn't want it to be, but I was definitely playing in the same waters (laughs) that they were. And eventually seeing enough women get groped and stuff. I was just like, I can't do this. This is too hard. Okay. But that was a strategy for a while. And I think when we were talking to Shanna, I also mentioned going square dancing. So that was another just social thing, just trying to get out there, going often by myself because I had to do something. Yeah. It was was urgent. Because scarcity. Because scarcity. And then the first dates I would go on, I really demonstrated a desperateness. (laughs) I like to think that I'm a cute enough person, but... You're very Rarely did it go to a second date. You're just thirsty. I was, I was too thirsty. Too thirsty. And didn't know what to do with Parched. it. Yeah. And I think it was very obvious to the no. <laughs> <laughs> to the people that were just meeting me. How do you now manage? I mean, like you've done tons and tons of work to be social and to be open and mm-hmm. to regulate that scarcity mindset. Yeah. And you have a partner. That helps. That helps. What's the like trajectory, do you think? It's a matter of just being okay with yourself, I think. Okay. And it required just a lot of personal growth in lots of different realms to realize that I'm okay. And I'm a good person. I'm confident. Right. This isn't anything about my self-worth. And for a long time, it's like, you know, going to a sex party. I'm like, a successful sex party would be where I fuck the most amount of people I can. (laughs) Which is still fun. Like, I would certainly like to go to a sex party and do that again. The success of it or the... The challenge and the the accomplishment. uh, Yeah, how how I judge how fun it was Mm -hmm. is not based on that. I won't be disappointed. Yeah, I went to a sex party actually recently. And it was like a vacation house. Uh, It was actually like a manor house. This cool thing with a ton of people. And Did anyone wear masks? And it was a week long. No, we didn't do eyes wide shut or anything. Maybe we should have. Well, I was excited about the idea of like a masquerade ball. Well, we did have theme nights with parties and stuff. But one point was that I only knew maybe a quarter of the people and those people I did know some of them I knew that that's not the type of relationship mm-hmm. we had right and then the others I could have initiated something and totally could have had sex but pretty early on I was just like I don't feel like chasing this and I don't feel like putting the work in to spit game yeah and to have my eyes set on or well, like or flirt all that flirt yeah really hard or sometimes that's fun I think that because there were so many newer people mm-hmm. there that had partially something to do with it. But early on, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to cruise and do my own thing. And I wore sick outfits. Like I was feeling real sharp and cute, danced hard and just kind of bounced around and did my own thing. And it felt really good. And I actually, looking back, consider it a a point of growth and a successful... A more success, maybe more successful than when yeah. you were measuring your aptitude by how many or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or how dirty. How dirty it was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tell us about stage two of horny. Stage two horny. <laughs> I mean, stage two, I think, is activated. Okay. Yeah. Stage... Is that like mentally activated? And physically activated. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a really good book called Come As You Are Okay. about female sexuality. I think you've mentioned this book before. Yeah. And one, there's a name for this that I forget, but 
what's going on in your head and your body don't always line up. Mm-hmm. Maybe your body will get activated over something that you mentally aren't into yeah, and vice versa. Right. For me, I'd say rarely does that happen. I feel the opposite. I feel mm-hmm. like that happens a lot to me. I wonder. Give an example. I will experience a touch of some sort that activates my physical body in a way that makes me think sex that where my brain is like, no, absolutely not. Like, that's not a sexual thing. I'm trying to think of a comparable thing that I could use. <laughs> like a parent or a older person who's a friend might brush past in a completely unintentional, yes, physical, but not purposeful way. Mm-hmm. And I might have a sensation that calls up those arousal nodes. But having my brain not be activated in that way to think, now I want to have sex, right? I just Mm -hmm. feel the physical state of arousal. Is it though that you did want to have sex, but then you got some new information? Is your body still activated even as your mind is? No, I think my brain works faster than my body. Mm -hmm. I think psychologically, I'm able to be like, no, thank you. Like immediately. But I think that's changed over time. Certainly after having children, it's changed mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I think the flip it could side have been different. happens a lot, especially for women when your mind is ready to go, but mm-hmm. you're just not getting wet or yeah. a guy is not getting hard. Things don't always line up. And that's okay. And that's very normal. So what's stage three? I would say like hard. being hard. Hard. I know that this happens to teenage boys in middle school. At that point, does there is there almost certainly action that's taken? Or can you just like walk around with a boner? <laughs> when you say action, do you mean like jacking off? Or or having sex or doing something. I mean, I have heard tell of practices of tantric waiting or whatever. Yeah, I like... did practice that for a little bit. I didn't quite get the experience that they were advertising. <laughs> but I'm part of it is that supposedly every time you ejaculate you like oh there's a lot of energy that leaves your body Mm. so holding that in is beneficial and so there there would be ways to like beneficial for future orgasms or like no like for longevity and health oh i see okay so overall so most places you can't just get off wherever you are especially if you're in middle school right you just gotta put your bucket under your (laughs) belt or whatever (laughs) but do you ever as an adult just see an attractive person and then like get all the way to stage three horny no okay so there has to be some sort of engagement whether it's visual watching pornography or being with a person not necessarily so i think one difference is i have a lot more control even over some somewhat involuntary things Mm -hmm. in my body. So it would be very rare for me to just see someone and get hard. Okay. No matter how attracted to them I am. And I think it's just somewhere in the back of my head, it's like, this isn't the right time to get a raging hard boner. Yeah. And And that's not always present for some people. That's why you get people jacking off on the bus or whatever. mm, I would... See, I don't... I think it has as much to do with, do they have a boner? So they have to do something about it. Okay. I think it's either they're just completely unaware that this is inappropriate, or it's one of their kinks to do this, and they're choosing to step into that space. Okay. You know, that might be a narrative, actually, that some women are hearing that the guy has to get off. Right. And there's no other way around it. That has definitely, that's a lot of messaging that my generation of women got growing up. Yeah. That is 
Not a thing. I will say that blue balls is a thing. And it's uncomfortable. And it can get extremely uncomfortable. And then the mental craving and longing, that can be real. That's like but what that's the also entire like, Twilight series is based yeah. on. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a physical thing. It's something in the mind that I would hope could be controlled yeah. or gotten a handle of. And that's on the person to get a handle of. Right. Right. I wouldn't say it's a physical instinct where it's just like, I have to blow my load in the next 30 seconds, okay. or I don't know or, what the alternative is. Or it'll go inside my brain and... Yeah, and I'll that. short circuit and <laughs> flop around on the floor, which would be hilarious. Okay, Maybe but that- to go back to phase three and the voluntariness or involuntariness of it, if you were on a bus and then everyone on the bus was just crazy just attractive, jacking like it. super oh, no. attractive, attractive, and then okay. all started taking their clothes off and all started having sex. And you were like, I guess this is appropriate in this context because everyone's doing it. Even though like it's, it's a not bus. like a... a yeah. <laughs> Which is a porno like, series for those who... It's a, fla- it's a flash mob bang bus. Okay. This is what I'm doing for your next birthday. <laughs> okay. Yeah, great. I'm going to arrange you're, a bang bus. You're going to hire a bunch of supermodels yeah. to... <laughs> <laughs> But even though you're not in a context where it would typically be appropriate for you to have a boner, would you get a boner <laughs> and then be activated? Yes, you would be activated. You would be stage two. Cause, like, I would certainly be stage two. super hot and everyone's having sex all of a sudden. Yeah, what would I do in that scenario? In my fantasy, yeah, I would dive right in. Yeah. In reality, I don't know. I think I would look <laughs> for cues from the bus driver. <laughs> The, like is the, this the person in authority? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this are what you, you want happening on your bus? Are you okay with this? And then he turns his head around without moving his body. Yeah. He's like, I'm the, ready. There would, there would certainly be a lot more conflicted feelings. Okay. And so for me, what gets me hard if I had a an arousing conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not like specifically about sex, maybe like a crush gave me some positive cues and I'm reminiscing about it that can get me hard okay running through scenarios of hot sex that i've had in the past can get me hard talking about a bang bus talking about a bang i'm not currently hard at this second (laughs) finally like i actually talked to amanda and she has a similar experience that on planes i think it's that we're sort of sleepy and a little out of it and you're just sitting there with not a whole lot to do and Mm -hmm. so just like constantly thinking about sex And then often, yeah, I will be stage three aroused. But also, maybe it's just that I'm not as into public sex or things that edgy. I would not ever do anything about that, even if someone was sitting right next to me. Okay. I mean, maybe if they were like to subtly slip a hand over, I might make use of that. Interesting. I wouldn't like sneak off to the restroom. I'm wondering about confidence in yourself and your partner's level of confidence like maybe when you're at stage four which i would oh what is that like Like... engagement you are actively Mm. and here's where i'm going to get into a little bit of my situation yeah for a moment ever since having children i have not been able to recognize my body as my own and that has Mm. really put a damper on my libido in general Is that a dissociation? I think it's a little bit, but also my body has physically changed quite a bit. So would you say it's a body dysphoria? I definitely think think that I have... In the trans world, it's like this body 
is I don't the, belong in it and yes. it's not mine. And I, I don't know how much of this to attribute to just aging in general. And when you age, you're not like my mind feels like I'm still in a 18 year old's body. And then I look at myself and I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Like I have gray hair and wrinkles. And <laughs> just as you age, it's hard to reconcile the fact that you don't look the way you feel on the inside. But certainly after children, I well, first I breastfed and that was like my body is not mine. It's for someone else. My body is being used for someone else. And that was like four straight years in a row of my body is not my own. And I finally felt like my body was my own again after I finished nursing. But then I went through a series of many months of postpartum depression. And so a lot of that was taking medication to kind of get through that. And those medications caused a lot of weight gain and more and more and more things on top of that. I really love food and I eat my feelings and have some disordered eating around that too. So anyway, the point is, unless I feel sexy, I can't get to engagement, like physical engagement. To stage? Stage four. Four. I think stage four. So you can be physically aroused. Yes, but I have not. Is it that you resist engaging? And engagement, I guess, could be masturbation or playing with a partner. Yeah, I've had, I've struggled a lot with both because I just don't feel like myself. So it's a little bit out of body, but not in a mm-hmm. altered state, good kind of way in a, I can't feel embodied in this moment. And psychologically is how I usually get to stage two or stage three. Everyone's going to start using our stage system. I know. I think it's pretty good. I think it's a good, I think we've got a good. Should we write a Wikipedia article about it? Probably. Good. The four stages of horniness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm into it. That's the title of our episode. The four stages of horniness. Yep. <laughs> Switcher horny. Switcher horny. Yeah, we'll Switcheroni. work on that. <laughs> yeah, but- that's very interesting that when I think of being in stage three, it's like, it doesn't mean I'm going to bang anybody who comes along, right. but given the right person or the place where I can masturbate, like stage four is a given. So to hear that that's... Okay, here's the, but the question is, if you were certain that Mm -hmm. the person that you were engaging with was not attracted to you, whether true or not, if you psychologically were certain that this person was not attracted to you, and you were attracted to them, could you get to stage four? It would be much more difficult, for sure. Like you want the person that you're engaging with to... I would want them to be getting something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it might not be as mutual and egalitarian i guess is what you're describing but i I can see consensual scenarios where you've talked about like nagging or like brattiness right Mm -hmm. like it's not even that good or whatever i can see there being something to like you're not into me but i'm like i don't know maybe there's a dom part of it yeah there could be like one could pay for sex i think that's pretty legit there is the dom thing like i had somebody i was having sex with started texting while we were having sex and i thought it was so hot that she would just like ignore me and do her own thing so unaffected (laughs) yeah or she was doing her own thing and was kind of just using my cock i was like hot into it okay that's not necessarily who i want to be in a partnership with But for an every once in a while thing, that's great. I'm going to speak for a few women that I know who are kind of in the same situation that I'm in, that Mm -hmm. just as our bodies have changed after having children, our confidence has just like completely dropped. I used to be this supremely excited about sex and 
mm-hmm. flirting and being, I used to be that kind of person and I haven't been in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's really upsetting to think about, will I ever be that way again? Or is that season of my life over? And what does that mean for a partnership or a marriage going forward? If that doesn't come back, what are strategies to like get it back? How do I learn to love this body that I'm in right now and feel sexual and sexy in this body that I'm in right now, regardless of how it changes or looks. That's it every day. So you, you're talking about your baseline is stage one. My baseline is constant terror that I'm never going to be at horny stage one again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm always negative. There might be negative stages where you're actively. That's what I was asking before, right? There's negative stages where it goes below stage one. Yeah. I mean, like stage zero would just be like neutral. Right. Maybe. But like negative one is unarousable. Or just not wanting to engage in any way or even have those stage one feelings. And I question a lot whether or not it's depression or anxiety or body dysphoria or just aging. Can I ask, did this shift onset quickly or was it a slow evolution? It was like a six-month shift and then kind of has not changed ever since that six-month shift. So typically midwives or obstetricians will tell you not to engage physically with your partner sexually until after six weeks postpartum if you have a vaginal birth. I mean, could you still give blowjobs or handjobs? Yes. But after my second child, I just found that it's not that I didn't want to, right? I feel like there's a really important distinction to make. I wasn't turned off or repelled. The thought just never occurred to me. And the thought never entered my body. Just that part of my brain shut down. I was tired all the time. I did have postpartum depression. But now I have to actively work at what I need to do to get to the place to be even stage one. So Mm -hmm. I have to read erotica or I have to choose to get there. I will never just be baseline stage one. We talk a lot about sex on our podcast. Yeah. And you often initiate a lot of these questions and things, which is awesome. How does what you're describing relate to you engaging, yeah, taking the initiative on a lot of these topics? You mean how does me feeling this? This is my state, so how... I guess you still love to talk about sex. I do. And understand new things and... For me, I'll talk about sex all day. Uh, (laughs) I think that might put me maybe into stage two of (laughs) just being like kind of titillated a little bit. It doesn't like necessarily get me hard, but it's just a fun thing. Are you approaching these conversations similarly Uh, or is it coming from a different place? Actually, I can relate it a lot to religion in a way because... Before I got really deep into the church, like got really involved in church and became part of ministries and then became vocationally involved in church, where I had to put on this mask of, I was never sexually active before my husband. I was never a sexual person in general, because that's kind of like you shouldn't be. Unless you're in the Mark Driscoll camp of sex and marriage is so hot and really good and you should get blowjobs from your wife all the time. Otherwise, you should divorce her. That's another camp of Christianity. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, it should be nice and good and we should probably not talk about it. (laughs) So I wore that mask over the idea that I was ever a sexual person for a really long time. I didn't ever talk about it with anybody, even people I was really close with. 
until I started forming some friendships, that vulnerability was welcomed. And But because of my kind of departure from that side of church, the hiding behind a mask side of church, and coming out as queer in a church capacity really made a difference in that too. I feel like, oh, this is this whole side of myself that I've been leaving behind for decades. And regardless of what I'm physically experiencing in my life right now, sexuality is a big part of my personality and story. And would you say it's part of your identity? I would say it's part of my identity for better and for worse. Like there's a lot of unhealthy, really bad parts of my history regarding sex, but I've always been really flirtatious. I've always been really interested in like the way different clothes and fashion can affect people's perception of sexuality. I was excited to start this journey with you because I needed to kind of reclaim that. And I feel like reclaiming it is helping me reclaim a part of myself that was lost, not just after having kids, but after immersing myself in the church. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform? Yes. Okay. And a lot of that is based on what the church has told me I'm supposed to do as a wife in a Christian Mm -hmm. marriage. That can't be helpful. It's not great. Parallel situation that is completely different. Sometimes at sex parties, if you have three beautiful people going down on you, (laughs) and often you won't get hard. Hmm. And I think Because they're beautiful? I think there's a lot of performance anxiety. A lot of male bodies going to sex parties for the first time are surprised that they can't get hard. Hmm. But in their mind, this is like the hottest fantasy that they're living out. I think sometimes because of that- I want people, I want our listeners, I want Mm -hmm. myself to really know how to be in our bodies in that moment instead of in our heads so Mm -hmm. much. I'm thinking of that person who has never been but is living out their Mm -hmm. fantasy, right? And instead of being like, ah, 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 (laughs) like, I can't believe this is really happening. And Mm -hmm. because that's... And like, shit, work, 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 work. Like, this is the opportunity of a lifetime and I'm I'm fumbling it. it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you just live in your body and let your body experience the experiences rather than overthinking it? Because I, I will say this, I have no problem having orgasms at all. Like no problem with that. But I do have a hard time getting horny. And I think 100% of it is in my head or not coming into my body at all. Are you somehow skipping to stage four to get off, to have an orgasm? Hmm. Like somehow bypassing, like, I don't all, know, some of the, the, some of the earlier stages? I don't, I just don't get to the earlier stages. I haven't been in those stages in a really long time. And I have a very flirty, loving relationship with my partner. And we have emotional intimacy and we have all the building blocks, right? There's just a short circuit. I do end up skipping all the other stages and going right to the, which is, I think, complicated for a partner. I'm not speaking for my partner directly, but for other people who I know who are in a similar situation to me that it can feel frustrating for their partner to say, I'm attracted to you. I'm into you. Like you make me horny. I want to bone down. And for there to just be nothing on Mm -hmm. the other end, that's got to be really dismaying and hard to deal with. And knowing where to meet between that is super complicated. And sometimes they're not being an answer. So if Mm -hmm. your partner is a problem solver and they're like, well, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this, let's try all these different tactics to try and get you going. And it's just a wiring issue. It's just an electrical issue that who knows how to fix. What does that person do when they've exhausted all their resources and there's not much left? 
And you did say something that I thought was key of getting out of your head. That is a hard thing to do often and takes tons and tons of practice. And maybe psychedelics. And maybe, (laughs) maybe, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it might not hurt, at least as a way to train. Yeah. And maybe in the moment also, who knows. And often that's one of my answers when I'm in a situation of like not being able to get hard. It's Mm. uh, let's just enjoy this moment right now. Mm. Like I'm with some dope people who I'm attracted to and we can have an awesome connection and a memorable connection and a satisfying one without me putting my penis inside them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard thing for me to say. Like a while back, a few years ago, it's like, no, I have to put my penis inside of them (laughs) for for this to feel okay afterwards. (laughs) How well can I embrace just being and savoring what's there? I would like to get to a place where I could experience the physical pleasure without being in my head about how hard it is to get to that point. Yeah, you can't will yourself out of it, which is the intuitive thing to do. It feels a little bit like one of those toys, the trap, the finger trap. Chinese finger trap is what we used to call them, which I'm sure they don't call it that anymore. Yeah, I'm just going to call it a finger trap. Yeah, let's call it a finger trap. But the harder you pull, it gets more and more stuck. But when you release... You let go. When you let go, it lets go. Yeah, love that. Maybe we're just trying too hard to make things happen that they're not happening. And then there's Viagra. For women? Apparently women can take it and there is blood flow. (laughs) Interesting. Down there. I don't think it works the same way as it does for men. And in an ideal world, we wouldn't need that. Yeah. Is it that you just let go? And I'm speaking for myself too. Like I can't imagine myself without my kind of intense sexuality. And is it a matter of just letting go of that and being like, this is not, I mean, it's a fun thing. Sometimes there's a lot of insecurity wrapped up in it too. Is this a necessary part of my identity? I don't know. Could I get by and have a satisfying life? Could you get by and have a satisfying life if you instantly lost all of that? I would like to think so, but- In practice, that's a totally different story. That's like the question that terrorizes me day in and day out. Can I have a satisfying life with a loving partner if this part never comes back? And I wouldn't say that it's gone. It hasn't left completely, but it feels like a memory or like a nostalgia right now where me being a very open sexual person was what attracted people to me when I was younger. Not my physical body as much as my willingness to talk about more uncomfortable topics than a lot of Christian men were comfortable talking about. Like that was really engaging to a lot of people. And it ended up hurting me quite a bit with guys in the church because they would be like, no girl has ever talked about sex (laughs) near or around me. And so you're like this crazy person that I'm super attracted to all of a sudden. And it wasn't me. It was just the fact that I was not repressed in that way, which made me really sad a bunch of times when people would reject me ultimately because they weren't really into me. They were only into my lack of repression. (laughs) 
So that is a part of my personality that I have carried around with me for a long time. But it's not that it's gone. It's just that it has been replaced by bigger parts of personality. So my ability to lead a team has taken over as a bigger part of my personality or my ability to decorate a house. They're just parts of my personality that I find more attractive. As my body has gotten less attractive to me, I've found other ways to feel confident in myself. That's awesome. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily help my partner, <laughs> right? Because right? Like, I can decorate the house for the next 10 years, but that's not going to bring us emotional intimacy, even though that's a bigger part of my personality right now. Have you tried, I always hesitate, <laughs> because Go. I always bring drugs up. Have you tried weed, smoking weed? Nope, not since high school. That, Amanda, like, gets instantly horny. Really? From weed. Okay. Molly. Okay. Yeah, I've heard, thing. I've heard this. I've heard microdosing can be really good for couples. Yeah, or even not microdosing, full dosing. <laughs> overdosing. Full <on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's avoid overdosing. <laughs> but it would probably be a fun evening, even if it didn't quite get you to hurry. You'll feel very connected. Okay. I think that would be interesting to consider. Yeah. You might try weed first. Because that's the more accessible maybe thing. In a, maybe in a gummy form. Sure. The smoke in the lungs thing. Right. Or vape. Yeah. I mean, that's still something like smoke. And again, like you don't want to be reliant on these things. Right. But maybe but, a kickstart. Yeah. And if it's like, okay, we're going to have a romantic evening every month mm -hmm. or whatever it is, mm -hmm. like priming the pumps Yeah. with a, a little marijuana. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Okay. I just I don't, don't want to have a panic attack because that would take us in the exact opposite direction. Sure, sure. <laughs> just as far as your partner goes, like, that's a, that's a tough one. It's one thing if I, I do have partners, but we're open and we can get those needs met mm -hmm. in any number of places. Right. So thinking of myself, it's kind of like growing old. Like, that's not part of my identity, but, like, it sure is going to be. And <laughs> embracing that as soon as possible is probably going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And so, same with an evolving sexual drive. Yeah. And then if you're partnered in a monogamous relationship where your partner has a different libido, oof, that's, it's roof that's tough. Roof stoof. It's roof stoof. Yeah. Cool. Sex therapy? Yeah. Have you done that? Uh, no. I mean, that's a thing. It's been suggested. I don't want to be the, the problem solver here. No, uh, it's, I, I hear you offering that this options is, like a, is good for people other than me thing. also, right? Making sure that people know that there are options. If mm -hmm. I think the book Come As You Are is also really good. I learned a lot about my own sexuality by reading this book as well, as well as understanding the women cool. in my life. Thanks. Thanks for reading it. Yeah. Thanks for being a Worth man who will read that book. <laughs> An identifying man. An identifying man? Yeah. <laughs> a man who identifies as a man. <laughs> you're so PC. I'm really, really good. You're I'm so, so good woke. at PC. I'm like yeah, the wokest. You're, the, you're woke. <laughs> woke as hell. I That's like right. to say I'm the wokest. The wokest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having this conversation with me. Yeah, this has been good. I'm glad we went this route instead of my stupid suggestion. <laughs>
<laughs> We're going to come back to your amazing, uh, amazing we'll suggestion. We'll pull it out of the trash. Time. <laughs> it was a dumpster. I lit it on fire, but I'll get out the fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah I think this will be something we will probably bring up again. We'll come back to you. I think we should. Yeah. I think as we've been talking about sex and sexuality throughout the course of this project, I have felt like... There was a little bit of a lie there, right? Besides the lie that we're not actually evangelicals and right. Well, yeah. Besides that, but that like that I am this super stage four horny. I'm always stage four horny. <laughs> 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 that Nick and I just get into a room. We're both stage four horny, and we just like, we're just like steam. In <laughs> our... <laughs> <laughs> There's fire coming up of our bodies at all times. <laughs> Uh, anyway that's not the case and so it is good to to be real about it and hopefully that resonates with other people who might be experiencing a similar situation yeah we can all learn to be more real yeah with the people who have earned our trust exactly and we hope that we have earned your trust It's true. I don't know this if this is worth saying, but we did blow past our tenth episode, and I feel like that's a milestone. Yeah, so, ten episodes. So cheers is a big to deal. us! Clink clink. Yeah, clink clink. We're doing it. That was us toasting. And hope we have at least ten more, yeah. or ten thousand more. Or ten thousand more. Also, if you have a question or comment you would yeah. like to share with us, we want to put together a Q&A episode. Yeah. Send that to switcheroopodcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com. And if you're enjoying this, share it with a friend. Have a conversation with people you care about, about important things. <laughs> Maggie's still trying to think about what she wants to say. Remember. It, I I always think it's so cheesy when people say, like, go rate us on iTunes yeah. or whatever. But apparently it helps with the algorithms. So whatever. Do it or not. I don't care. Don't we have, like, I think three five-star ratings. Yeah, we which do. Which is pretty dope. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks to our three listeners. Thanks, three. <laughs> you, our, our faithful three. <laughs> That's right. We're going to throw a fan party. I really enjoy doing this. And yeah, I'd like to keep doing it. And if you like it, then we'll keep doing it. Agreed. Or maybe we'll just keep doing it, even if it's going into the void. Because yeah. it's valuable to me. Yeah. If you hate it, rate it as a zero and we'll keep doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> at least we're getting some sort of reaction. Out of you. <laughs> <laughs> even if it's hatred. <laughs> That's an emotional Yeah, the response. ultimate insult is just not caring yeah, com- and being off the radar complete completely. indifference. Yeah. Yeah. At least you're listening, even if you're grinding your teeth (laughs) the entire time. All right. We love you. I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay. Maybe we'll try next episode to remember. I mean, I think it was something to do with 10 10 episodes and how that's great. It is. It is great. We love you. We love you. You're awesome. You're awesome. Go be awesome in the world. Yeah. Show us how you treat people. That's right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I was sitting in the back of I said, hey, Zazik, who's this girl back here? That's the lawnmower girl, what's she doing? Is she talking on the telephone?